This is Jose Hernandez Diaz reading the Hummingbird Graffiti. A man was stuck on the metro. It was autumn. Leaves fell from the trees onto the train on the tracks. The train was stuck between skyscrapers and a park. While the train was immobile, a graffiti artist walked up to the train with an LA Dodgers hat over his eyes. He painted a blue hummingbird onto the train and then walked away. Within a few seconds, the train started running again. The people on the train clapped and then went back to their phones. The autumn wind was pleasant as the sun rose over the city. This is Poet Kind Podcast, and I'm your host, Susan Mulder. Today, I'm chatting with Jose Hernandez Diaz. He is a poet, author of The Fire Eater, a wonderful book of prose poetry. He has been the recipient of a National Endowment for the Arts Fellowship, has degrees in English and creative writing, is an editor, and his work can be found on the Kenyon Review, the Cincinnati Review, Poetry, The Nation, the Iowa Review, and many, many more. I first talked with Jose last summer during an Instagram Live and have followed his work online for a while now. He is one of the most prolific poets I know and also one of the nicest. Let's get to it and welcome Jose to Poet Kind. Hi, Jose. I want to start by just thanking you. I am so delighted to finally sit down and talk with you sort of face to face. So thanks for being here with me today. Thank you. My pleasure. I have followed you for a while on social media. Uh, we did, for people who were doing things during the COVID lockdowns, we did an Instagram live. I want to say that was back in August, July. I'm not sure when it was, but yeah. um, we had a great time and I wanted to have you on the show. So this is, this is exciting for me to to finally sit down and chat about your work. Um, you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I, it, in talking to you, I have mentioned that you're probably one of the most positive people online that I've come across. I enjoy seeing your post. You are upbeat. You share your successes in such a way that it's, it's really fun. You almost celebrate along when you get into journals and whatnot. And that happens a lot lately, which is pretty exciting. You have um, been in several uh, publications. And would you like to talk about those a little bit? Sure. I mean, um, when I first started writing 10, 11 years ago, more seriously, um, I was getting rejected by these same magazines. So I was, I was very frustrated. And I didn't think it was going to happen. I thought maybe I should quit writing and maybe start writing fiction, short stories. Um, and then I landed one or two. And, and um, but before that, um, I took semester off of, of my graduate school and I just started reading nonstop. I didn't go out. This is before COVID. I was, I was sort of COVID before COVID. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't go out. Um, I wouldn't spend money. I was a minimalist. Um, I would just spend money on books and I think that's where I subconsciously learned line and craft and um, maybe picked up an ear for sound and rhythm so so yeah I, I, I remember as being like 100 books that I read that year 
maybe not wow. maybe like 90 something like that but I don't read like that anymore but um so that's when I started landing in the publications the the progressive and, and the bigger magazines um so yeah yeah and for those who might not be familiar with your work um your most recent book is the fire eater and it is a book of prose poetry that is um, surrealistic in nature, but right. you write you write these um, fan, almost fantastical pieces of prose poetry that are are they're lyrical in their imagery, but they're very thought provoking, and I love that. Uh, was that what you set out to do? Well, I've tried before just writing absurd stuff or unusual stuff, and it doesn't really work out. But I think just naturally, I was, I was, I think, like I was saying, from the readings, and I picked up an ear for sort of sounding, you know, with rhythm and, and, and poetic. So I knew that sometimes if you just say absurd things after, after another, it can be a bit much. So I had to make it all sound poetic. So I think they work as poems as well as, as uh, prose poems. But, um, and I also, I don't just write prose poetry or surreal prose poetry. I also write about my life, my, my family, mm -hmm. my, um, you know, inspirations, teachers, so. Yeah, and that, and that comes through, your family is very important to you and you, um, you honor your family frequently in your work. And I yeah. think that's such a neat quality. And you also post about them. It's fun to see them yeah. celebrating your successes too. Yeah, no, like my, my family is everything to me. Um, you know, when I was younger, it was more about friends and football. And that sort of went away after, after people started having their own families and stuff. Um, but my family has been there when I was down and, and when I was up. So, so yeah, and also my parents immigrated here from Mexico. So they, they sacrificed a lot and they go through a lot. And, and um, I think on my full length manuscript, the first half is, is mostly like odes to family and, and um, growing up uh, first generation, low income. Um, so that's like the first half of the book. And then the second half is some more surreal prose poetry. So that's kind of what I have going on with the full length book. And is, do you have a timeline for that? Is that? I mean, um, it was the finalist for the National Poetry Series. So like I'm submitting it, you know, whenever oh, that's it lands. Great. I think I'm a bit picky with, with um, where it lands. So we'll see. Okay. Well, that's yeah. exciting. I'll look forward to hearing, yeah. hearing when that comes along. You have to keep yeah. me posted. And then I have I another full link. I have another full link that's ready after that too. Wow. Well, I haven't wow. ordered it, but I have enough poems, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, you, you are a prolific writer. Um, you, this is like, I don't, I don't know how to describe I wasn't it. Always. No, no. I think I figured out how to write prose poetry, you know? Um, okay. Yeah. After so many attempts at it. Um, what but, but, attracted you? Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, but before that, like, for for a couple of years, 
I would write like seven poems a year or something like that. Have like six publications a year, you know, like one year I did the, um, this is last year I did the uh, poetry month, write a poem every day. Mm. And that was very productive. I think for me, it's just a matter of trying. Like if I say I don't feel like writing, then I won't do it. But if I say I'm going to try it, then I, I like never fell, you know? Well, that's great. Yeah. What, what attracted you specifically to prose poetry? Because I, I think, you know, most people, when they think of poetry, they think more traditional form or, yeah. you know, even long form poetry, but not necessarily prose poetry. No, when I first encountered it, I didn't like it. I thought it was ugly and meaningless and, and, um, not done right from what I, the ones I read. And then I read James Tate and um, his were even longer than the other ones and uglier looking or just like boring looking, just like regular prose looking. But there was something magical in them. He would have moments where, where like um, surreal things would happen and, and that just appealed to me. And it, it, was like, it was like an escape from reality. And it was just interesting. Now you mentioned you got your your MFA, and that sounds like it's fairly recent within the last couple of years, right? Well, that was actually 2015. Okay, so a yeah. little bit further back. Yeah. Um, you have gone on from there. You have uh, written it. It's not a chapbook, but it's also not a full length, is it? Well, it's technically it's technically a chapbook because it's under 46 pages, but it's only under by two pages, so it's like as long as a chapbook can get. And he okay. wanted, I had the option to do the book, but I didn't feel that it was ready. It was cohesive at that point. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. So you have, you have the chapbook. It sounds like you've got two full lengths uh, in process. Yeah. And then you're also busy with a lot of other things. You teach, uh, yeah. you're an editor at several publications. Um, would you talk a little bit about where you teach, what you teach and where you do your editing? Yeah, so I'm an editor over at um, Frontier and Palette Poetry, associate editor at Frontier, and a guest editor at Palette. So basically, with with Frontier, I work with um, the submissions that come in, yes or no, and what my opinion on that is, and uh, the editor in chief makes the final decisions. But with Palette, I provide editorial feedback on a packet of poems, for example um say, highlight what's working what's not working what what can be done to improve the writing so and then um as far as teaching i'm going to start teaching my first prose poetry class in um in poetry month in april so that's with uh, litro magazine and uh, i'm also doing some prose poetry courses for community colleges but just like one day events and, and readings and things like that and, and I'm also you have applying for my PhD too. Oh wow! Congratulations, that'll be a big deal. Yeah, thank you. Um, you also have done like some independent editing. I know yeah. because I I hit you up for that because yeah. I was curious about prose poetry and I wanted to give it a shot. Do yeah. you still do that? I don't. I haven't done that in okay. a while. Yeah, since I started okay. full time. Yeah. Okay. Well, you, it sounds like you have a lot of irons in the fire, which is pretty, yeah. pretty awesome. I kind of um, like it because every day is different, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. And it sounds like you like working with students as well. 
um, yeah. you love and you also anybody who has a professor or teacher like you is really fortunate because you celebrate their wins too so um oh, yeah, that's definitely. been yeah. been fun to see you celebrate online would you we've we've talked a little bit about the prose poetry would you be willing to read a piece or two for us sure i'm going to read the one that's in the latest barrel house it's called the skeleton in the city the skeleton in the city a giant skeleton rose from the concrete in the middle of the street Cars pulled over. People started openly weeping. The skeleton jumped onto the street and started walking. It was 20 feet tall. People ran in the opposite direction. One brave man on the scooter rode up to the skeleton, but was quickly crushed by the skeleton's foot. The skeleton walked to a lake. It bathed in the water. Swans swam nearby as the sun set. After a few minutes, the skeleton got out of the water and started playing baseball with a group of kids. They did not fear the skeleton. The skeleton hit a home run on the first pitch. Instead of running around the bases, it disappeared like the autumnal sunlight. Quietly, the moon rose over the suburbs of Los Angeles. Very, um, very vivid imagery. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's great to just sit and listen and just imagine through your words, what's happening, but puzzling at the same time, because, you know, all these questions, it's like, okay, so what's up with the skeleton and why is he so big? And, you know, what is, what is he doing? You know, why is he there? And, and thinking along those lines, and maybe it's just me, you know, processing it, but you use a skeleton frequently in, in your writing. Um, what's the inspiration behind that? I think it's just sort of like a skeleton has lived, you know, they have experienced um, to the most extent of experiencing. So it's sort of like someone that wears their heart on the sleeve, you know, the mm -hmm. skeleton. And also like this specific um, prose poem, I came across a, a artwork where there was a huge skeleton coming out of the concrete. I forget if it was like a sculpture or a painting, but I just remember seeing this huge skeleton come out of the concrete. And that's how I started this. A huge skeleton came out of the concrete. And then I just improvised from there. But I think it's sort of like, you know, I grew up listening to rock and roll and stuff like that. So I sort of liked the skeleton imagery, Southern California, pirates, that whole thing. Okay. Yeah. Where where else do you you draw your inspiration? You know, you as a as a reader you know, a writer yourself, where do you draw your inspiration, whether it's books or, you know, is it, it, is it random or do you specifically look, do you seek out certain things to influence I say, you? Yeah, I would say more often than not, it's a bit random. And for example, I'll, I'll have something in mind that I always wanted to write about, like, like a fire eater, but I won't just sit there and write the fire eater. I'll, I'll have to like get into the moment of writing and then throw them in there like organically. Or sometimes I'll get in like different mood, different um, series of, of prose poems. Like I'll have a Jaguar series or the man in the pink Floyd shirt. And then um, from there, I, I, I started writing a man in Chicano Batman shirt, which is another band, man in the Rage Against the Machine series, a man in MF Doom shirt, 
So there's like different bands that I grew up with that, that were influential for me. Okay. Hip hop, hip hop acts. And each one has their own vibe in terms of the prose poem, like what they do in the prose poem. Okay. Yeah. What advice would you give just off the cuff to people who might be interested in giving prose poetry a try or, you know, just trying to begin writing in a new way? Well, I think for me, what helped, I can just say what helped me was reading, reading the, um, the famous prose poets, American prose poets, like Tate Edson, Ray Gonzalez, um, Marosa de Giorgio. So when you read the masters, I mean, you can see what people can get away with. And that's one of the things that, that um, initially was striking to me was that Tate's writing was so absurd and, and sort of juvenile at times. And it was like winning the Pulitzer Prize, you know? So I was, mm. I was just like, it's, it's also commenting on society, you know? And, um, I know we've talked about prose poetry. Would you like to read something that is a little more from the traditional form sure. that you've done? I love that. This poem I'm gonna read is called Enough and it's not a prose poem, it's lineated uh, with line breaks. Enough, and it's published in the Southampton Review. Mm. Enough, you will never be enough, not Chicano enough, not Bocho enough, not Mexican enough, not Latinx enough, not American enough, not Californian enough, not Southern Californian enough, not LA County enough, not Orange County enough, not enough of a whole entity, not enough of a clear sky, not enough of a bottle of tequila, not enough of a slice of apple pie, that you are everything and nothing all at once. You are a modern mariachi on a tangled road. Be vigilant, exists. I really like that. I, I, it's, um, it's very telling, but I like how it comes together where it's, you're, is this a personal experience? You're not enough. So many of us feel that way, but then you, you bring it all back together and you know, you're the modern mariachi. You are enough. You just need to do what you were made to do. I, I just think that's so cool. Thank you. Yeah, it did start from a real experience. I think it started when um, I was watching Mexico versus the US in soccer. And I was jokingly saying that I could never just like decide who I wanted to win. And also there's a saying in Spanish that says, neither aquí, neither allá, not neither from here nor from there. Mm. So I think it's a common experience with Mexican American Chicanos and other Latinx folks, I think that they don't feel like, sometimes they don't feel Mexican enough. Sometimes they don't feel American enough. It's like, it's like a constant thing. Yeah. yeah Especially with first generation folks, I think. Yeah, culturally you live kind of in a liminal space yeah. where you, you are this and you are that, but you're neither yeah. in some ways. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, I appreciate you sharing that because it's, it's nice to see your work from a, a, a whole nother lens to, to see what yeah. you do um, also on a broader spectrum. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. I would like to let you one more time, if you just wanna plug where you work, 
uh, share your social media contacts so people can follow you and um, you know stay up to date on what you're doing. And it's a great play. It's a great way to order your book because every once in a while you'll post signed yep. copies and you'll yeah. mail out a few. So make sure that folks can find you there and and do that. Yeah. So follow me on Twitter. That's at Jose Hernandez DZ. And that's where I do most of my um, posts about poetry and when I have books available, which I'll probably have next month. And also um, I'm an editor at uh, Frontier and Palette. We're always open for submissions and we pay um, also for published work. And I'm also gonna be teaching a prose poetry course with Lytro Magazine in April in Poetry Month. Okay, well, I hope, I hope definitely hope people look that up because I think that would be a really terrific experience and a great, great way to explore prose poetry in a new way so yeah and if you follow me I'm always updating and stuff like that so yeah terrific well thank you um I'll close just with one question is there you know you, you, you do these interviews and there's always something that you kind of wish people would ask do you have a question that you wish someone would ask you about your work I I don't I, I can't really think of I guess it's great questions that I don't I never really thought about it like that but okay um, well, I just thought I would ask because every once in a while somebody wants to talk about craft or whatever and they just don't get the opportunity because we get sidetracked to talk about other things but I guess I guess the question would be like how do you balance both different styles prose poetry and and um poetry verse um so with me I tend to write like three poems three prose poems a week and like one poem a week so I write about four poems a week with about three being prose poems and one being traditional verse. I'm mostly thinking in prose poems, but every now and then I'll experience something in the real world. And I tend to write that in the real, in a lineated verse. Mm, okay. So, and when I'm being more storytelling or absurd or magical, surreal, whatever you want to call it, I tend to be in, prose poetry I don't I don't really write regular poems that are that are telling stories okay well that's yeah but that's good and the fact that if you're writing four things a week that's a lot of poetry in a year that's that's yeah. pretty impressive well right now I'm single you know when, when I was in a relationship for like three years the other a couple years ago I didn't write anything and it was awful <laughs> So not the relationship was awful, but the writing was sort of bad because I didn't have time to focus on it. Like, you know, I, I sort of focus on it like like so, like a monk would or something, you know, like that's sure. all I do. I don't really like for a long time. I didn't go out, you know, and I think. Um, I think that it's, was the main difference. You know? Yeah, it sounds like you've developed a discipline, though. That that almost compels you to write on a regular basis. Yeah. Which unless is pretty like, cool. Unless it's like the holidays or something like that where I, I just don't really feel like writing, but yeah. So we all need a break once in a while. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, well, Jose, thank you so much for sitting down with me. It was a pleasure to, to chat with you, to learn a little bit more about your work and what's coming down the road. And I just hope people hop online and and look you up on Twitter and follow you so that they can stay up to date on what you got coming. Definitely, thank you for having me.
As we close out today's episode, I encourage you once again to find Jose online. Follow him and grab your own copy of The Fire Eater and watch for opportunities to work with him through the courses he'll be offering online. He's currently teaching through Litro Magazine and you can find more information at www.litromagazine.com. If you've made it this far, you know that there's occasionally a bonus segment to close out an episode. I mentioned earlier that Jose is one of the nicest poets I know and his dedication and support for his students comes through. Well, I'll just let this speak for itself. You have been just so much fun to watch uh, as you've gone, you know, all your acceptances, all the things that you're doing, and you are just one of the most positive people online because you're genuinely enthusiastic and you get excited about the people you work with when you have students who succeed. And I just, that, I just love that. It's a nice, bright spot. Yeah, I just got that email, um, I think it was yesterday or two days ago, that um, a student I had worked with got into some some pretty great journals. And I was just like shocked. I was, because I knew it was going to happen. And it was taking months and months. And I was like, she hasn't messaged me that she got into A, B, and C. Or, and she, and I, I could tell she was frustrated. So it was sort of like relief also, you know? Yeah, and um, I was like almost crying. I was, it was like I was happier than when I got in. <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's great. That's it for today. Take care, and until next time, be kind and write, paint, create whatever it is you were put here to do. Bring what only you can bring to the world, and make it a better place. <laughs>